Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. The Isuzu MUX is born to tow. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Yes, good afternoon, everybody. Matt White here with you alongside James Magnuson and Adrian Prezenko for Crunch Time, brought to you by Isuzu. The Isuzu D-Max is born to tow. Give us a call, one 1170 on the open line or text 0457-736-736. You can tweet as well at 1170SEN. Welcome to our listeners right across the network, including SEN 1170am in Sydney, SENQ693 in Queensland, Land. SEN 16.20am on the Gold Coast as well as our listeners on the SEN app and the podcast as well. We've got all bases covered. Maggie, Adrian, welcome to you. Is our, are our collective heads still ringing after what happened last night between the Roosters <laughs> and the Storm? Talk yeah, about bell ringers. So what a game. Uh, how do you reckon, uh, I was talking to my girlfriend about this in the car just before, how would Victor Radley feel waking up this morning? Oh, oh. That, was, like, that was nasty to watch, wasn't it? It oh. was it was horrible. The highlight for me was Big Nelson and Jared. That was oh, so yeah. good. And remember yeah. there was that, that little melee or whatever else, and yeah. Adam G, the ref, has come out and said, this is the line in the sand. This is the, he, he's, actually made, he's made this symbol with his, with his hand. Right. This is the line in the sand. Yeah. And, next and then play. the, very next, the yeah. very next hit up, you just knew Nelson would be coming off the back fence. Yeah. Yeah. And who did he run at? Straight at Jared. It was the yeah. best ever. I reckon Adam G, in that next play, went... Oh, why did I say that? <laughs> why did, and now, now, who the bloody hell am I going to get rid of here? Yeah. The, the best part is, in at the end of the season, those two could well be roommates on the New Zealand tour for the World Cup. And I rang Madge this morning because they were just absolutely at each oh, other. Yeah. And I said, Madge, is there some history here? Or is there something going on? He goes, no, I've, both, I've had them both in camp before. They're going to be picked. And he said, that's what I want to see. Mm. I said, just let yeah. them go at it. They're both alpha males. They're both winners. Let him go. I, I had the feeling watching it as I was <clears throat> as I was watching Nelson go bananas. I thought, I reckon that there's some part of me here that reckons Craig Bellamy's gone. Go out, go nuts, lure them in, and see what you get on the other side because. He stepped up the aggro, yep. and then JWH picked it up, and Victor went with it as well. So it was all initiated, if you like, by by Nelson to go out there. And and the bizarre part about all of it was that he was the aggressor, he was the dominator, he was the bloke who was picking all the fights, and he ended up staying on the field. The other guy ended up getting ten. Yeah, they, they took the bait. The yeah. other, I was watching the the game last night, and uh, I can't. I think it might have been Nelson coming down with the forearm or something like that, and then there was a mistake. And I said to Rose, watch Victor here. He's going to go nuts. Victor flies out of the line, gets it wrong, has a car crash collision and takes himself out. 
Um, so I reckon it was a, a directive from Bellamy, like get under these guys' skin. The other guy I thought they were targeting all night was Joseph Suwali. Yep. They were into him, into him. Every time he got the ball, I was like, Oof, that's like borderline assault right there. But um, it's... Yeah, the, the tactic didn't quite work, but it could have lead-on effects for the uh, the Roosters going into the semis with uh, suspensions or injuries. So, yeah. danger game. Well, Lindsay Collins faces at least four matches, so he's been charged with grade three dangerous conduct for that uh, contact, rather, for the hip drop tackle on Tom Eisenhuth. So... Four matches for this one. There were some other charges, which are all fines, but this is going to be the big story for Lindsay Collins. Well, we probably won't see him again unless the Roosters go all the way deep into, you know, towards the grand final. That's his season gone, and it's an ugly tackle. We don't want to see it in the game, and you can't really argue with that. Trent Robinson was asked about it, and he said, oh, I don't want to comment. Like there was, mm. you, you couldn't defend the indefensible. Mm. And it's his third uh, subsequent offence of that kind as well. So if he fights it, and loses, it's five weeks. If he accepts it, it's four weeks. So there were four players charged last night. There's a surprise. <laughs> Victor Radley, grade one, uh, da- dangerous contact. Jared Wairia Hargreaves, grade one, contrary conduct. And Nelson Asifa Solomona was also cited. So Victor faces an $1,800 fine. Um, JWH, $3,000 fine with an early plea or a two-match suspension if he's found guilty at the panel. And Asifa Solomona, $3,000 fine or the same, two-match suspension if found guilty. They are treading a very fine line because oh, for yeah. Nelson and for for Jared, that was their third and subsequent. So if they sneeze in the next couple of weeks, they're on the sideline. They're big fines by the, by the time they get to this stage, aren't they? Where does that money go? To, back to the NRL? Straight into the NRL's kit pocket. It's a profitable night for the NRL, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> but, but if you're the player, you just pay it, don't you? Yeah. Like, you don't want to be missing games at this time of the year. And they have adjusted the way the match review grades these things. So yeah. if it was under the old system, we wouldn't be seeing them in the next couple of weeks. It, the thing I thought uh, watching that game and, and, you know, a few Roosters plays running hot, which you love to see, and that's when the Roosters are at their best, when some of those guys are running a little hot under the collar. I, I see next weekend against Souths as a big danger game for both teams. Again, injuries and suspensions and the way those games generally pan out. We saw Latrell Mitchell last year basically ended both clubs' title hopes in one tackle, um, running hot under the collar when he when he he took out Manu, which ended his season, but also ended his own season through suspension. It's I, I can't see that as anything but a danger game for both clubs. And it's going to be at Allianz Stadium, first big game, forty two and a half thousand. They're going to be packed off the off the rafters, and it's such a good ground. It's mm. basically a uh, Combank on steroids. It'll be the first time anyone gets proper use of it. Yeah. Um, and there's already a bit of a stink about South want to move there. And I think the Roosters are a bit resistant and the government's a bit resistant. So it's it's good fun. It's a heck of a time to make a big alpha male statement, though, isn't it? If, if you're the coaches of both of those teams or the coaches from last night, you're thinking, I want our guys to go out there and make the big statement going into the finals. But the edge that you're walking, the fine line that you're walking can rule you completely out of the finals. So yeah. I, I just wonder what the what the purpose of showing that full-blown aggression was. For the Roosters, they had to lock down their they final spot. So yeah. they, they had to go for it. Storm probably didn't have to play that part of the game, though. Well, they did because if they'd won that game, they secure a top-four berth. All of a sudden, they're in that hit-out. They play Parramatta next week. Loser gets uh, is, is out of the top four. Yeah. So everything's to play for. It's, it's, I don't know if this is luck or 
good design, but the back half of this uh, comp for those top eight teams, the games have been blockbusters. And we've got another set of blockbusters next weekend. Um, the games where the teams are not in contention, uh, you may as well not even watch those. <laughs> They're absolute blowouts. But we've we've got a couple of essentially semifinals before we even hit the semifinals. Well, the interesting thing about this round is that the first game, um, they were in contention. It's the Eels versus the Broncos, but a blowout. So we'll touch on this a little bit later, but just instant thoughts when you look at the Broncos. I remember last week, you, you were of the opinion, Adrian, that they were going to make it into the finals, that they get there in the top eight, but their season was done. Yeah. I, I think now we wonder whether they're going to be in the top eight and their season is definitely done. Put a fork in them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like if they if they manage to squeak in, they're, they're just going to be cannon fodder anyway, aren't they? Like So... Broncos have got St George, and the way they they're going, they're no sure sure things to beat them next week. Yeah. Um, and look, obviously Canberra just have to keep on winning. And that, if if Canberra make the eight, they're going to go. They have the potential to go further than the Broncos do. Hmm. I was surprised by the Broncos. Just so much on the line, and it's it's hard to accuse another athlete of this, but they looked like they had a bit of quit in them. And it's a very harsh thing to say, but. Some of the defensive efforts and some of the meterage that Parramatta is making is like so easily. It's just like you, it doesn't look like a team playing for their season. It was very confusing performance by the Broncos. Two weeks in a row. Essentially, that you, you almost said two weeks ago that this team can't miss the top eight. Mm. Then they concede 110 points in two weeks to basically do the undoable, and that is put themselves in a position to miss the eight. Had a big chat with Siebes about this throughout the week and he pointed out that the the defensive lapses in particular, 66 missed tackles the oh. other week. I mean, missed tackles is all about attitude. So attitude's gone down the gurgler there. And as much as Kevy Walters is banging away in the in the dressing room and shouting and screaming, there's clearly a problem as they go into the finals. It's one of those weird ones where just at the time where you want the, the graph to start pointing upwards with your attitude and, and form and everything and momentum... It's gone the other way for a team that could have gone further into the finals. Did they go, was it seven or eight matches in a row mid-season they won? They had a good yeah. a good middle period. I, yeah. I never saw this this dip coming. Yeah. I and don't know. They did lose Adam Reynolds relatively early, but they True. were already well on the slide by then. Like you could see that Parramatta was, was you know, dominant. And if you're a Broncos fan, do you buy this? Like if you were told at the start of the year that you'd be in this position, would you be... Comfortable with that or or Ooh. given what's transpired, especially after that little run that they went yeah. on in the middle of the year, are you now disappointed with where they sit? I think they're disappointed now. I think if at the start of the season you said we'll be going into the last game of the year fighting for a top eight position, they'd take it. Given yeah. this time last year they were fighting for the wooden spoon. Um, but given they were top four for a, a, a part of the season there, I think if they miss the eight, it's – the season goes down as a failure. Well, they played Parramatta a month ago and flogged them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. crazy. It was seven in a row that they won throughout the season. The, the decision to rest Selwyn Cobbo was a weird one. It, it popped up while I was on yeah. air on uh, Wednesday, and it was it was because of fatigue. That was the that was the official explanation where that was the part that sort of got my eyebrows raised. Do you reckon that there might be a little bit more to that, or has Kevy Walters made the wrong call? Your spidey senses are tingling a little yeah. bit. Like if you can't get up, and it sounds like it's mental fatigue rather than a, a physical issue. And you think if he can't get himself up for these games, your season is on the line. Potentially yeah. a top top eight spot might you know might depend on the outcome. Um, yeah, it's 
you know, I, well, I'm a bit sceptical. Maybe it's the cynic in me. He probably doesn't have to worry about fatigue now because he's probably only got 80 minutes left and then he's got a three-month <laughs> layoff. Nice little break. Well, if the Raiders beat Manly this afternoon at GIO Stadium, then the Raiders will go into the eight. They'll be on 28 points. But the points differential now, they're on minus 25. And after that hammering again, the Broncos are on minus 26. So it's a fair bet that the Raiders will end up inside the top eight by the end of this round. That one to play out a little later on this afternoon and we'll be calling that right here. G'day, Maddie, Maggie and Adrian. Last night's game, says Mickey from Mascot on the text line, was one for the ages. Tough, aggressive and uncompromising. Just what we want to watch. Old school footy is back, baby. It was a touch of the old school footy, wasn't it? Aggression, um, no holding back, referee trying to control the thing. At one stage, <laughs> actually, when all that was going on, did you hear he brought both of the touchies in? I need help here. So he ended up, there were three officials on the field <laughs> trying to work these guys out. That was the famous line in the sand moment. It, was, it wasn't Adam G's fault, but there were a lot of stoppages. And it was because it was, there was so much going on, like whether it be injuries or what happened with, with Victor or to Lindsay Collins, etc. that... But but it would have been better if, if they just could have kept going. Like that, we saw the mm. the collision, but we didn't really see the fatigue because it was, you know, he had to pull the game up so often. This is going to be a good final series. Oh yeah, it's it's starting to shape nicely. The Sharks are in form. The Roosters in form. The Rabbitohs in form. Penrith, Melbourne, uh, Cowboys. We've got a, a final series that could explode both both physically in the games, but also the way it pans out. And who plays who? Like, imagine if we ended up with a South Roosters game at that new stadium in the final series. That <laughs> would be a, that's a possibility. Yeah, depending on how it all rolls, like they could have played each other two two times in a row oh, at the same joint. Love it. Yeah. Uh, on the text line, Broncos are a tired-looking team. I hate to say it, but a tired team will lift if they love and respect the coach. Is there any word that there's... Is, that a, is that, that a Brisbane old boy you sent that text? <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years ago, maybe. Not actually, actually, now. no, I've, I've had a second look. Thanks for the text, Siebes. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why did I know you were going to say? He's going to be in later on this afternoon, and we'll replay that to him. But, uh, I mean, there's no talk that Kevin Walters has lost the dressing room, is there? Oh, look, you wouldn't think so. I just, I just think that it happens. Like, we saw... Last year, Parramatta went through that dip just before the finals. We saw probably four or five weeks ago, Melbourne had that dip. And unfortunately, the Broncos has come at the worst possible time to the point where it might cost them a finals place. Mm. Another text that says on Cobbo was that um, it was after that he did have a major concussion as well, wasn't it? Um, he's probably a bit scared. He is still a young man. Absolutely. However, I think that if you're going to a match that could well determine whether you stay in the finals race or not, you want all your cattle out there. So oh, yeah. he's 19 years old or thereabouts. Like mm. I can imagine Maggie at that age, like you just, you feel invincible. Like you oh, want to yeah. be a part of everything. Like you think that you can't be beaten. He's played in a winning state of origin series. It's a, it's a strange decision from him and the club. The word fatigue doesn't come into the vernacular of a 19 year old guy. Mm. You remember what you felt like at 19? I didn't, I didn't know what fatigue was till I was about 25. <laughs> You're just bouncing off the walls at that age. Yeah, it's it was a really, really interesting one. However, I think it's also a reflection of <clears throat> a lot of the modern-day footballers as well. Let's go back to that Roosters v uh, Storm match. So 18 points to 14. As we know, the big fallout, Lindsay Collins is um, facing four weeks on the sideline. Let's have a listen to Trent Robinson on Jared Waria Hargreaves' sin bin throughout that one. Uh, I, don't, I didn't know what he got sent for. You know, I wasn't sure exactly what the, the, the penalty was for. Um, but the man's physical. 
you know, and that's what we love about our game is guys being physical. Uh, and Jared decided to play that way, and um, and and it ends up sort of stifling these guys. But he made it a forwards game tonight, and um, he got down and dirty, and you know it cost him ten, but he also he set the tone. That's what that's what your your lead prop does. He sets the tone for a game, and um, credit to him. The tone was let's rip. Let's get into it. So, you know, he brings it back to that physicality of the game and points out that JWH is is out there with a certain job to do, trying almost to defend the 10 minutes. Yeah, it's... Look, they, they had to bring it because if they lose that game, potentially their season comes down to... The, the final round against South Sydney and you don't you don't want to cut it that fine against the old enemy. But, you know, normally the Roosters begin their run a lot earlier. Um, we, we, you know, some people have said they've timed it to perfection. If they timed it to perfection, they'd be probably squeaking into the top four and that's not going to happen. But certainly their best football is, is, is good enough. And you talked about, you know, they looked up, they tried to go after Joseph Suali, but he got, he's so yeah. tough. I think oh, he so embodies tough. like that. Teams are targeting him, but he'll get up. He'll he'll do the quick play of the ball. He's got no quit in him. Like he he's not like a glamour player. Like he ta- he loves the tough carry. Um, there's there's nothing he won't do for the team. He's almost dollar uh, one now to get in the Australian squad at yep. the end of the year, right? Yeah. What a rise to prominence! Wow. Well, they changed the rules in order not to lose him to the game, and everyone was up in arms at the time. But mm. I'm much happier seeing him where he is now than playing in that 15-man code. When he went from uh, South across the Roosters, do you reckon he was thinking, all right, Bondi, Sunday Arvo, Ravisi's. Like, <laughs> imagine imagine Suali'i walking through Ravisi's right now on a Sunday Arvo. Like, the guy would just be the Rockstar. king of Bondi. Rockstar. The king of Bondi. <laughs> and, he's and, got the look. He's got the performances on the park now. Soon he'll have that green and gold jersey with the little kangaroo on there. Um Life must be good for, for Jason. And you talked about him being targeted last night. Imagine South Sydney going after him next oh, week. They yeah. will be trying to absolutely Just on that one, they bought Jackson Paulo. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh yeah, i that's left a field. I didn't see that one coming. But um again, the what's it called? The the Book of Feuds. Yes. Another chapter another in the chapter. Book of Feuds. Yes. Just another one. Now listen up, we've got two double passes to give away to the Tigers v Dragons game at Combank Stadium tomorrow. Who are After... we punishing with that? Exactly. <laughs> the well, worst caller gets that. <laughs> the worst caller goes on through. No, after one o'clock, we're going to ask you to call the first two callers. We'll win a double pass to the game tomorrow at Combank Stadium. Don't forget, you can get your tickets at Ticket Tech as well. You guys this are is, harsh. This is, like, this is like the James Tarmow. The judiciary wanted to make a statement, so they allowed him to play for the West Tigers yeah. one last time. Cop another 70, James. Oh, do I really have to? I thought I called it quits. Give us a call, one 1170 or 0457 736 736 on the text line. This is Crunch Time. Back after this. With Matt White, Adrian Prisenko and James Magnuson as well. Some of our listeners are as harsh as you guys after our shout-out for our uh, double passes to the West Tigers v Dragons tomorrow. Brendan says, I bet the switchboard lit up. (laughs) (laughs) And then said, please don't count this message as an entry for tickets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Harsh. Oh, you know what? Give him the tickets. (laughs) You took the time, we'll send you the tickets. The the Moses Suli Cup. (laughs) Uh, Crunch Time is brought to you by Isuzu. The Isuzu MUX is born to tow. Adrian, the Sharks 
were very vocal if uh, they're looking at that home final. So they've got the Bulldogs. They're currently third, and this has implications for um, the top two because if they win this, um, they'll go up to 36 points. Of course, the Cowboys, they're in second at the moment on 34, and they've got the Rabbitohs. So... If it comes to the home final at Shark Park, the Sharks have got their way. They were very adamant, weren't they? We don't want to go to Allianz. We yep. want to keep our home ground advantage. Yep. So it means that potentially some Sharks fans will be locked out. So the capacity at Shark Park is about 11 and a half, 12. Um, but having said that, they're probably not going to draw a lot more than that to Allianz, particularly if it's the Cowboys they end up playing. True. And I think tonight is going to be perfectly highlight why you want it at Shark Park. It's going to be wet. The Southerly's going to come in. Um, they're going to be baying for, for for the blood of the Bulldogs. Like It'll be a really like, – it's mm. a great place to watch, even though the capacity is a bit less than it normally would be because of the redevelopment. So Is that most likely who it will be? Cowboys, Sharks? Oh, yeah. that's all right and, then. And I, they, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking, geez, you're cutting yourself short on tickets, but if it's the Cowboys fans having to come down for it. So they've played nine times there this year and won eight at Shark Park. Mm. So it's a fortress. like the, yeah. Under, yeah. And you can just imagine them what, with the swarming defence, like the, yeah, yeah. The, the breeze, the cold, the wind. It's, yeah. And, and it, especially if it's, you know, they're coming from Townsville to come into those sort of conditions. So yeah. I can understand why Dino Mazatesta wanted to do that, but it'll come at a cost because... They yep. get a, a clip of the gate, yep. um, and there will be, you know, they, they will be missing Less out. tickets, yeah. I, I was, uh, at first, I was pro-Allianz. I thought, you know, and as a as a supporter of neither club, I probably would have gone down the road to Allianz and watched it. New stadium, semi-final, my team's not there, so I've got to watch something, um, which I think you would have got a fair bit of, just people rolling down from the city or in the general area, which you won't get. Like, there's no chance someone like me is driving out to, to Shark Park for it, but... On the flip side of that, I was like, hang on a second. We're not talking about Penrith playing at Allianz mm. or a core. We haven't even floated that idea. So if it's good enough for Penrith, it's good enough for the Sharks. And I think this is the most fair outcome. Brendan's back on the text line. He's going to take the tickets, but he says only if the missile comes with me. <laughs> there you go. There's your double pass. Great show, boys. Yeah, look, I, I agree with that. I think... The reason to play at Allianz Stadium was because essentially it's the shiny new toy that the NRL has had built essentially for it by yeah. the government. So just because somebody's pumped $830 million into a stadium doesn't mean you should give up your home ground advantage. And when I spoke to Dino Mezzatesta during the week, he just stuck to that message, Adrian. And, yep. it's, and it's the right sell for that club. And for what he's trying to say is home ground advantage is exactly what we're after in the finals. And we have, a, we have an advantage at Shark Park. You're right. It means that there's only a limited amount of people that can then go to Shark Park that more would go to Allianz. But if it's only the one game in the finals and they want to win it and keep going, then it's their call. Absolutely. And it's it's a good game day experience at Shark Park at the moment. And to go to a half full best case scenario, Allianz, it's, that's not ideal either, is it? So There's plenty of time to get to Allianz. I mean, it's going to be there for a long time, so it's not, yeah, a, yeah. It's not as though there's a rush to get there. Let us know your thoughts around that one, 0457 736 736. If your team, if your club had the opportunity to have a home ground final or go to the shiny new toy 
that's further up the road and mm. a bigger a bigger gate receipt. Um, obviously, more crowd you there. Best and... believe I want Belmore next year. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Belmore. <laughs> you just want finals next year. That's, that's all you want. Oh four five seven seven three six. 736 or 1300 01 1170. The worst callers today get those double passes. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we've ever done that, have we? The worst callers. I mean, we every, yeah. punish them. Yeah, every yeah. radio station says the best callers through. And, you know, it's like when you buy, it's like when they're flogging a book and they say available at all leading bookstores. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. There well. should be a disclaimer. <laughs> you know and a couple what, of dodgy um, ones. Our friends now at SEN, the Hello Sport Boys, they're actually on board. They're, they're part of the SEN yep. uh, family now. They call uh, the the West Tigers and the Dragons Dirty Merger Clubs or DMCs for short, <laughs> and they've uh, they've branded this the DMC Cup today. Yeah. So the winner of this is the best Dirty Merger Club in the NRL. The DMCs. Uh, now the story out of Queensland in the Queensland Cup. I haven't been across this, so if you if you know anything, put your hand up and dive in. But Mackay refused to go up to Papua New Guinea to play in the Queensland Cup, but then had to back down on this one. Even Anthony Albanese was um, supposedly intervening in this one as well. So I'm not really sure what the what the what the story is, but it sounds bizarre that they've been first of all said no we're not going to go, but then they've turned around and been ordered to go. Maestro, you're you're the man in the know on this one. Well so I was on air as this was sort of developing on Thursday night with the the boys in the pregame before Broncos Eels. So we had Drury who calls a lot of Queensland yeah. Cup knew a lot about it. So they were worried security wise um, particularly because there's a level of political unrest in PNG at the moment. There's also a very high rate of COVID still mm. getting around there. Um, so Mackay were going to go up, uh, but, well, they weren't going to go up. And then the QRL said, well, that's fine. We'll see you later. We'll be out of the competition. We'll see you out of the competition. Oh, that'll do it. Mm. Yeah. So that yeah. was um, part of the, the intervention. The other half of it was Anthony Albanese promising, getting the PNG government basically to promise armoured guards the whole way through until they get there at 3 o'clock this afternoon wow. mm. and then they'll be yeah, flying straight out mm. back to, to So uh, have the PNG uh, team not been getting no, home so games No, the, they've been far. playing games up in Queensland. I couldn't uh, okay. tell you where. But, um, so so this they've was, been based here? Yes, they've been based here while That's they've been playing That's a big investment Q from the QRL, isn't well, it? Well, so mm. that's a big investment for them. But Fiji, the uh, the silver, the Silktails down here have been playing in the, our third division comp in New South Wales, the Ron Massey Cup as well. And they've been based mm. down in New South oh, Wales wow. for the last two years as well. I hadn't so, heard about that. Yeah, there's a couple of – it's a good investment in Pacific football, but mm. it obviously comes yep. with its Be- challenges. Because, yeah, Maestro, they were trying to um, stage a PM's 13 game in PNG, but, and that's what it traditionally is, but yeah. because of, you know, as you mentioned, mm. the, the COVID, COVID and, and everything else, that will now be at Suncorp Stadium. So – um, at least that fixture is back on the agenda in a World Cup year. So there's a chance, for instance, for a Mal Meninga to say, well, Caelan Ponga, you haven't played for a while, you know, we pick you and we'll see how you go. Like that's That becomes an option, perhaps. He's just been getting into his store work. <laughs> <laughs> just hearing that the armoured guards there, did, what was the kind of security? That, did you ever have armoured guards take you anywhere? It was Rio, Rio was pretty full on, wasn't it? Yeah, Rio, we had armoured guards. And, uh, did Delhi. you have armoured guards to get you out of London? <laughs> <laughs> I needed them. I needed some armoured guards to help me with a couple Swimming of journeys over there. <laughs> um, Black jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the heaviest ones were, uh, Delhi. Mm. There was, I remember it was right up until the time we left for the Delhi Commonwealth Games, they were saying it was going to be called off due to terror threats. That was peak, uh, you know, terror. Yeah. 
uh, talk. Isn't it? Is that talk stopped since COVID started? Like I haven't, I didn't hear well, it at any well, point around terror, etc. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, you're right, but no one was travelling, were they? So, and a lot of yeah, and true. a lot of that was about was about travel in particular. I, I remember yeah. in 2008 in Beijing. Um, the the Chinese government, for some reason, just one night at the International Broadcast Centre, so you had to go through all the security and all that kind of stuff, and one day they just parked a tank right there <laughs> in front of the media centre. Wow. So you got through the scanner and all that business, and there was yeah. just a massive tank there. I don't know what it was doing there. It stayed there for two days. <laughs> yeah. And then off she went. Where was so... the barrel pointed? <laughs> <laughs> Straight yes. back at Tiananmen Square. Yes. Yeah. You just wonder, like, um, should I send that tweet or yeah. maybe not? <laughs> I reckon that the craziest security I've seen was the year that they played the US Open at Bethpage Black, the golf that um, Tiger Woods won. I was there to cover that, and it was the first of the major events held after... 9-11. So it was in New York on Long Island there, and it was mm. just bizarre. Bethpage Black has essentially five courses that goes through it, and it crosses two counties. So the entirety of the joint goes over two counties. So we had double up on everything. In fact, where we were doing the TV work was essentially in another county. So, wow. <laughs> But there were two of everything. So you had your, your county mm. police there, then there were state police as well. There was FBI. There were all sorts. Of, every player had their own security. Wow. And then, then there were snipers on the roof. <laughs> there were people that were walking around in sort of this gear that you just, even the FBI guys were looking at them going, who the hell's that? Crazy. And that, was, that was the peak, which you wouldn't think, you know, being a golf tournament, but from what I understood, that there was something that was aimed at the US PGA Tour in particular. Uh, there'd been a threat. There'd been some sort of wow. threat that they'd uncovered, but it was next level. It was bigger than any security I've seen in Olympics. Yeah. Uh, it was just outrageous because there were so many of them. I think we'll look back on that as uh, a generation, right? That's if, if you're talking 2001, and we've s sort of just stopped talking about it now, that's a 20-year time yeah. span where terror was the... The catch cry, mm. right? Each Olympics I went to, there was all the talk before it, threat of terror attacks. I remember the Soccer World Cups, they were talking threat of terror attacks, Commonwealth Games. Then we've gone COVID era, and now it's uh, everything's around biosecurity and... I mean, it's a, it's a new catch cry now, right? Imagine that at a golf tournament too. Like, how nervous am I standing, like, over the tee when there's three people behind me? And yeah. imagine having, like, snipers. Like, every now and then you see a little red know, dot on your golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not the tightest dot either. <laughs> well, 2006 of the Soccer World Cup in Germany, that was there, there was another one where they were actually petrified about what you're saying there. The, the discussion was more around what might take place terror-wise than, than yeah. what was going on. In fact, I know that when we went over, we only had a certain amount of allocation of accreditations and they gave it to our news reporter yeah. and his cameraman because they were certain that there was going to be a big news story out of it, whereas I was covering the sports side and I didn't have any accreditation to go wow. to the bloody games and the Socceroos, you know, had the, wow. had the greatest run of all time. So you're right, Maggie, things have definitely changed um, over the course of especially the last 20 years generation-wise. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is the open line or 0457 736 736 on the text? Just on the, yeah. So I was just thinking then, a lot of those terror threats, nothing ever amounted, right? And, the, and there was always the talk, but the, the Boston Marathon, so that was in 2013. Yeah. So that's sort of smack bang in the middle of that 20-year period we talk about where something actually was actioned from a, a terror perspective. So when, when I look back at it and think about it, I'm thinking, was that an overreaction? But... 
there were so many small events along the way that it, it was a real and present danger. Mm. And you wonder how many things we don't know about. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. those things not happen because of the snipers in the roofs? Yeah. Mm. There, yep. was, there were snipers. <laughs> there were snipers in uh, Torino at the Winter Olympics in o, in o six as well, who were sitting up. So you have all the commentary boxes right up at the top. I was doing the snowboarding yeah. events and all that kind of stuff. And Cold auto- spot to be a sniper. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you. Hang you, on, you, you couple of the trigger. Your fingers frozen. <laughs> the first thing you think about is how cold it is, <laughs> versus the fact that these guys have got guns pointed uh, out little windows down yeah, towards yeah, a yeah. whole stack of people. But I was on the phone home one day. I used to ring the girls before they went to bed and I was on the, and I was looking, I was walking out the back of the comboxes there. I was looking for an empty one yep. and there were plenty. And I opened up the door, two blokes who had their guns pointed outside, dressed oh, yeah. all in black, straight out of a James Ooh. Bond movie, Jeez. turned around and looked at me. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, see you girls. <laughs> Time to get off. Uh, 0457 736 736 is the text line. Give us a call if you'd like. 1300 01 1170. Double passes to the game tomorrow. Combank Stadium, West Tigers versus the Dragons. Don't make me laugh about it. Back after this. <laughs> Welcome back. Don't forget full coverage this afternoon of the Canberra Raiders against the Manly Seagulls at GIO Stadium. Anthony Seabold and Spud Carroll will join me for the call a little bit later on this afternoon. But Adrian, we're just witnessing in the ad break there some scenes, very emotional scenes too, in the knock-on effect cup. So Canberra have won this 24 points to 12. But Chance Nickel Klukstaff has has broken down. He's he's literally standing on his knees for quite a while there and haunched over and, and crying because this is this is it for him. Yeah, absolutely. And even now, um, he, his teammates are consoling him and, and coming up to him. We're seeing live pictures here through Fox Sports. Um, yeah, it's extraordinary. Like, he's very emotional. Obviously, he's going to the Warriors next year. Um, yeah, it's it, it's strange too because he's, he's playing next week as well, isn't he? Mm, so that must be the, the final farewell for him at GIO Stadium. Yeah, the realisation's kicked in that his last chance of playing semi-finals has just ended <laughs> and he's headed to the Warriors. They might have a very Tigers strong... Fans, Warriors <laughs> fans. <laughs> Let me tick off the clubs. You're yeah. going to need some security and armour tanks after yeah. uh, his performance today. <laughs> uh, let's get to some of these texts here. Uh, one just says, I'm scared of James Magnuson. That's just, that's just simple. Don't know why, but at the moment I can understand why today because he's, <laughs> he's got he's shooting got, from the hip. Yeah, yes. next team in my sights, Manly. Actually, shooting from the hip. I went to I went to get a uh, I went to get a pie the other day. Stopped yeah. in at a bakery on the way to, on the way up the road, and I thought I'll quickly grab a pie. I like pepper steak pie. Yeah, right. I reckon. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. I reckon that's the that's where you start when you're going to look for the best pies. You know, everyone goes, ah, oh, mm. best pies this bakery, that bakery. Mm. If they can, because everyone can do a plain pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not everyone can do a pepper steak pie. Yeah, yeah. Right? <clears throat> so I stopped at this bakery and I thought, I'll just get one, just need to keep going. $8.10. Ooh. $8.10. Oh, that's, that's almost like rugby league ground prices. <laughs> rugby like, league-esque. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wonder what that pie cost that I had at the SCG the other day because that was, that was a quality pie. We'll get uh, Maestro to look that up yeah. during the break. The one that you had in the box a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, the SCG, the, uh, the Maryvale pie, the Justin Hems pie. Well, Was it a good pie? I didn't have one. Yeah. You didn't oh, buy which, it. No, I didn't have... Hang on, I didn't have one at the SCG, the SC, and, I, and yeah. I didn't go to the Pepper Steak. Yeah. The Couldn't SCG pie was elite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, elite. Very good. I reckon it's north of 8 bucks 10 Aren't they Aren't they a little bit gourmet, so mm. to speak? Yeah. Allianz um, as well, haven't they got, like, mm. some sort of chef, yeah. you know, doing... Did Maryvale get the catering for that as well? Because I know they got mm. the SCG. Probably was a package deal. Yeah, mm. they got both. Yep. So you get, like, a fruity beer with it? 
Yeah, that's one thing. Actually, I heard they were going to be doing margaritas at the ground. Really? I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. They were going to do I'm, margaritas at I'm, Allianz. I'm tipping it's coming out of a, a machine like a slushy. Are they frozen margaritas? Oh, feed that straight into my veins. <laughs> Margarita at the football? Hell yeah. Let's talk about the game so far. So we touched on the fact that the Broncos um, just have nothing at the moment. 53 <laughs> Your points. Your words, not mine. <laughs> 53 points to six against the Eels on Thursday night. Then, of course, we had the massive game last night between the Roosters and the Storm, 18 points to 14. But the Panthers v Warriors, 46 points to 12. Um, they obviously had already wrapped up the minor premiership. They managed to collect that at Blue Bet Stadium as well, the JJ Gilton and Shield. And they just looked... Well, it was interesting, this game, because early doors, they, they looked really disjointed, didn't they? They just looked very un-Penrith-like, and then bang, they click into gear. Yeah, well, they, they considered the first try, and I think the start was one of the biggest starts of the year. It was like almost 30, 29 and a half or something like that. And you thought there's no way they're going to cover it. And then they came home with a wet sail. But I thought the most impressive part was probably about four or five minutes from the end where the game was decided and the Warriors had plenty of good ball on their line and they just peppered them but couldn't get away through. I thought, you know, given that there are bigger games ahead and, and you could have probably phoned that last five minutes in and then they, they scored down the other end. It was the sort of thing you want to do leading into the finals. Maggie, what did you make of that one? Well, it had Chans and Tears for a starter, so that was hard to watch. Um, no, I think it's another one of these games, right? The, the team's clocked off back end of the year. Uh, I'm a Bulldogs fan, but I hate to say it, we may see another one this afternoon. We may see two this afternoon, I think. I think Manly probably checked out for the year and Bulldogs probably checked out as well. It's that time of year. You, you know, you've got to take the good and the bad. We saw a, a blockbuster last night. We might see a few stinkers this Arvo. Well, I'll be calling that game at GIO Stadium between the Raiders Sorry about that. And, the, <laughs> and the Seagulls. So thanks for that. You're filling everyone with really good vibes today, Maggie. Really good stuff. But, however, if you go back through the history of, of Canberra v Manly over the last 10 games, Canberra uh, Manly have had the edge on Canberra. They've won okay. eight out of the last 10. And I think six out of those last 10 have been decided by four points or less, like including that. three one-pointers. So... If there is um, any chance of a blowout being avoided, hopefully it's this afternoon at GIO Stadium. I was, I was at Manly last weekend, and they had so much to play for. Um, Kieran Foran's last home game, yeah. same also for Dylan Walker before he goes to your favourite team, the Warriors. Um, and they were they were terrible. Like they just turned it up and can't get to the to their Mad Monday quick enough. The uh, the Des talk won't go away again this week. Are we hearing anything? Uh, no, I haven't heard anything, but I think I think he's there at the start of the season next year. Well, he, he will definitely start the year, mm. but I mean, obviously, he and his management are pushing for an extension. He didn't get it automatically. He needed to finish in the top six in order to trigger that. Top six. Uh, yep. Yep. So, um, you know, our our friend, uh, you know, from the the Greyhounds, Tony <coughs> Mestrov, has only just started there about three weeks ago, and he's had yep. to deal with the fallout from the. Pride jersey, um, it, you know, Des's future and, and a pretty ordinary finish to the season. So there's a, a lot to lot to be done there. Uh, just on the Panthers, so they've got the Cowboys next weekend. So they go from the Warriors into the Cowboys. Uh, just that, that general question of, of when you're... When you're a team like the Panthers, you've, you've wrapped up the minor premiership, would you rather have a hard run into the finals or would you rather, if you're Ivan Cleary 
have a bit of a, an easier run because they're going to come up against the Cowboys in the final round. However, they did have the Warriors the other night. And I, I just wonder whether you want all your players back and firing for that momentum or whether you're okay to rest them and try and get through some easier games. I think that the most important thing is to get into those finals injury-free. And mm. like Jerome Woolwell hasn't played a lot of footy. He came back uh, last night. Nathan Cleary uh, coming back. Um, they won the uh, $1,000, the $100,000 that goes with the minor premiership. I think they'll spend most of that. And I can already see Maggie shaking his head. Can't believe how little it is. They'll probably um, rot. I mean, use really? that on. Yeah. Oh, of course it is. And like, they'll use some of that money to, to get, you know, first class flights up there and all that stuff. That It's all about managing your way into the finals in the best possible shape. I reckon if they uh, put me in charge, I'll spend that $100,000 on a boat on the harbour for their Mad Monday. We'll eat that at 100,000 up in six hours. Frozen yeah. margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> Merryvale pies. Okay, ready? Let's spitball this one. So you're in yeah. charge. Yeah. Can, can I be your advisor? Yeah. All right. So let's go through that again. So, so Maggie, what are you going to do with the 100 grand that we just won? Mad Monday cruise. Yeah. As your advisor, can I advise against that? Because <laughs> think of everything that can go wrong, will go wrong. Well, this is where this it is where last I'm. Time this is where I'm, premiership. A, I'm a thinking man, Matty. Sure. You know what I've said? I've said let's go cruise. Yeah. We haven't got any snooty little bar managers from Newcastle opening toilet doors on cruises. <laughs> so that's why I've gone out on the cruise. Yeah. Away from the prying eyes of the public. Well, you go international waters where... There you go. There you go. He's just, just taken my advisory spot. Yeah. There's only one way around that. It's international waters, and that's a long way out. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> no, there wouldn't be any prying eyes out there on the harbour, would there? None of those Daily Mail photographers well, with they, their long they, lenses. They had yeah. some drama, didn't they? Like, yeah. after the, the celebrations at last Mad Monday, there was all that, you know, they were singing about, you know, glory, glory to South Sydney, oh, and they broke right. the trophy and there are all sorts of things going on so um yeah yeah they pro some of that money should be invested on some security you would think just to keep, <laughs> to, the, to keep the uh everyone else at bay is the hardest job at any club working out mad monday i reckon yep. all right yep fred you've got the job this year of working out mad monday no thanks no no i'll <laughs> It's, Give me anything else. The Bulldogs have had a couple of shockers. Yes. So they went to the Harbour View that year. That didn't work out well. They did it. Don't they, play Sweet Caroline, whatever you yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> then remember one year they brought it in-house and even that went pear-shaped. Because they were, they were, they were abusing was, people they were abusing out the window. They were abusing female journalists out the window. That's like right. It's, How do you get it right? Yeah. It, it's really I think you've got to go international. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's hard no, because... No, no, that's no. risky as well, isn't it? <laughs> no, yeah. let's go to Vegas and get arrested over there. No, I don't think that's going to yeah. work either. But but it's hard because do you decide... Do you just say we have to lock absolutely everyone out? But that's not that much fun if you're not... No. You know, in and mingling with the general public as well. Yeah, it's hard to create like a good atmosphere, atmosphere of just 17 blokes. You almost got to have some hanger-oners... <laughs> Too hard to start the party. <laughs> now, uh, you're reminded I nominate here. myself. <laughs> We're giving ourselves some good jobs today. Uh, after one o'clock, so coming up in about 10 minutes, you've got the chance to win two double passes to the West Tigers' final home game of the season against the Dragons at Combank. So stay tuned for that. Uh, or you can get tickets at Ticketek right now. Just on the text line, uh, Mark says, Matty, these two blokes making fun and laughing at the Tigers v Dragons game. Am I right or not, Para and dog supporters? If the Tigers and Dragons last won a comp in 05 in 2010, Para 37 years, Dogs 04. Aha, LOL. Yeah, well, mate, yeah. just 
if you want to, if you want to, give us a call. But you're going to have to crane your neck and look up because we're sitting a long way above you on the ladder. <laughs> nice, nice oh, comeback. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This is crunch time. We've got we to get to the chorus because there's a point to this one. Simon, you're listening? I'm listening, boys. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, the famous member of the Rio 9. Simon Orchard is on the line. How do you like that one? A bit of Akadaka jailbreak. Oh, I love it. My dad would be my dad would be kicking kicking back and and strumming along on his guitar, boys. He brought that up at my wedding. He actually he found out it was two years to the day on my wedding day that I was um I was part of the Rio Nine, and that was actually the first time in two years that I was allowed back in South America. We actually got a two year ban from the country. <laughs> <Did you laughs> that's, wow, that's Jeez. pretty cool. Uh, yeah. oh, well, I mean, that's I've story never been banned from a country. That's, it that's, is. That's good to have on your CV, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, that's impressive. I was banned from a well, a continent for two years. <laughs> that's very cool. Well, I like, I'm jealous. Banned from Brazil, and we and yeah. for those that weren't listening, if you look it up, we actually got charged with fraud, fellas. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> when you think a of how much corruption story. there is in that country. Country. Yeah, yeah. For, for you to get banned for what you did, wow! Mm. Damn it, Kitty. Yeah, <laughs> so let's talk greyhound racing with Pablo Orchard. Uh, Pablo, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> Thedogs.com.au uh, is the home of greyhound racing. Now Australia's best greyhound, She's a Pearl, back last night for the Million Dollar Chase heats in Goulburn. How did She's a Pearl go? Yeah, thanks for straightening us up there, Maddie. Look, uh, she went she went wonderfully well, uh, considering she hasn't been on the track for over a hundred days. So last time everyone saw she's a pearl, she was winning the million dollar chase. So since then, she went on season. So that was um, she obviously wasn't having any pups, but that's a natural cycle of a female greyhound. She had a couple months off, and then she had a little niggle in her return to racing. She was set to race a couple of weeks ago, but she pulled out yesterday. She was back on track at Goulburn. Andy Lord, uh, the man who trains her, he rarely shows up at the track, let alone boxes the dog, but he was on hand yesterday to take care of her. So it must have been a special day for him. Uh, and she got around safely. She won. The time didn't break any records, but I think that's what everyone wanted to see. You know what it's like, boys. If you haven't had a run, you know, say through the Christmas period, you probably have two or three weeks of drinking and eating, and then you go for that first run, and you don't quite feel good. Uh, second time round, you're, you're a lot better for it. So she'll be just like that. I'm sure she'll bounce into next week's final and she'll run bigger and better and hopefully can start defending her title in the Tad Million Dollar Chase. I'm just picturing she's a pearl over the last six to eight weeks, you know, on the lounge, feet up, yeah, yeah. remote in hand, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of hot chips next to her as well, but she's back. Um, nationals start tonight, mate. New South Wales Dogs favourites in both races. Yeah, you're spot on, boys. Tonight's a big, big night. So it's state against state. All the best dogs from around the country are representing Victoria, South Australia, WA, Queensland. They've all come to Sydney, descended on Sydney for a big week. You should see some of the carry-on this week, boys. All the big wigs have been on cruises around the harbour. They've been at gala dinners. And yours truly has just been scrapping around at Goulburn, at Dapto, getting all these interviews <laughs> while my bosses put their feet up and drink uh, drink wine and, and eat caviar. So, look, someone's <laughs> got to do it, and I'm pleased to do it. Uh, but tonight, you're right, the nationals, the, sp- the round-track nationals at Wenty Park are on. Uh, Simply Limelight is the current favourite in race eight, New South Wales Sprinter and Super Estrella is the favourite in race six. That's the distance race. 
trained by David Smith, and she's going to be the fairy tale story of tonight, boys. If she can get up, Dave Smith's had this dog for a while now, and she's running 10 group finals, but yet to win. She's always the bridesmaid, never the bride, and I don't think there'd be a person in the greyhound industry that would begrudge Dave Smith winning. He's a, he's a, a fantastic mm. bloke. He's got plenty of time for people like me to chew the fat about greyhound racing. Uh, so she's the favourite in, in that race. And as I said, simply Limelight, this dog's just come out of nowhere. She's uh, He's produced some some wonder, wonderful runs in the last couple of months and he's sort of taken the mantle of maybe the most informed greyhound at the moment. So he's going to be really hard to beat in the sprinters race as well. Uh, but it all kicks off at Wenty Park tonight. And if you get down there, there's a lot of freebies going off for being on track as well, boys. So a lot of encouragement for punters to get down and have a good night at Wenty Park. All Any right. West Tigers tickets being given away? <laughs> <laughs> Any what, sorry? West Tigers tickets. It's a horrible in-joke. <laughs> basically, basically, Maggie's come in today and just decided that anybody who we mention is just going to take down brutally today. Um, good on you, mate. We'll let you go. Thedogs.com.au, the home of everything greyhound racing in New South Wales. See you, Simon. See you, Pablo. Pablo out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Don't forget, from 2 o'clock today, Raiders v Seagulls. Uh, join me for the call from GIO Stadium. From 5 o'clock here on the SEN Network, the first ever AFLW women's game for the Sydney Swans. So they take on St Kilda at North Sydney Oval. We'll be there calling the action. Joe Watton and Harriet Cordner. And in Queensland from 5.30pm, the Host Plus Cup, um, Drury Forbes and Ryan Hansen taking you through all the action. We are back after this. Oh, you've got to give us a call right now. That's right. You've got to give us a call. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 And what are we saying? Worst caller? <laughs> I don't know how we're going to judge that. But double passes up for grabs for tomorrow's game. Uh, the West Tigers v. the Dragons at Combank Stadium. Give us a call. We'll take those after the news. Yeah, Matt White, James Magnuson and Adrian Presenko with you this afternoon for crunch time as we head towards uh, live coverage of your footy this afternoon right here on the SEN Network. The Raiders v the Seagulls coming your way uh, from GIO Stadium. Welcome to all our listeners right across the network in Sydney, Queensland, the Gold Coast and, of course, via the app as well. You can call right now to win a double pass to the West Tigers v Dragons game tomorrow at Combank Stadium. Maggie's been having a lot of fun with this one, but it's a great experience out there. So the first two callers who come on through will win the double pass, one 1170 The missile will go with you. You can also secure your tickets at Ticketek as well as we dig into this second hour of the program. Crunch time is brought to you by Isuzu. The Isuzu MUX is born to toe. So one 1170 is the open line or text us 0457 736. The reptile says, uh, my teenage boys would not clean, so can I have the Tigers tickets, please? (laughs) 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 Oh, boy, we've had a lot of fun on this one. But uh, give us a call and we want to know why you want to head on out, but we're happy to give you those double passes to Combank Stadium tomorrow. We want to dig a bit deep into the silly season at the moment because, I mean, there's always a silly season. There's no doubt about it. But some of the biggest names are up for grabs. And the weird thing is they're up for grabs in a year. This is, the, this is the strange thing, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about Cameron Munster. We're talking about Latrell Mitchell. And we're talking about them right now because November 1's just around the corner yep. and trying to work out where they're going to land in 2024. But, hey, welcome to the world of rugby league. So let's start with Cameron Munster and where they're at. It appears as though Melbourne have now got closer. They've got back to the million-dollar mark. But the fact is he can get more at the Dolphins. It's, it's pretty much that simple between those two clubs in particular. The other difference between the two offers at the moment is that it's three years at Melbourne, 
four years at the Dolphins. So there's that extra security. And this this will probably be his last mm. um, big contract How old as is well. He? So he is, it's a good question. 30, yeah. give or take. 30, 29 or 30. Mm. Quick. World's well, quickest quick. Here yes, he goes. Yes, here we go. 27. So, oh, so no, I hear it. Yeah, okay. There you Feels go. Feels like he's been around forever. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, so that's a consideration. Look, the, I thought the big narrative this year would be the player market and the Dolphins. And like they're going in for everyone. Like they're going to be nabbing all these big names. They haven't got anyone. Yeah. I mean, like, y- yes, they've got some of the older, you know, experienced senior forwards from, from Melbourne and they're, but, but they haven't got a marquee. Like they've, they went in all in for Brandon Smith and they thought at one stage he had, they had him, mm. um, you know, Cody Walker decided to stay put. Reese um, Walsh. Reese Walsh. Kalen. Kalen Ponga. Um, and we've. <laughs> Joey Manu. Yeah. So, so they haven't, they haven't got one yet. And that's why, I mean, he's almost the last man standing for them, isn't he? Cameron Munster. We've got Ben Hunt, who we'll probably talk about a little bit as well. Mm. He's, he's coming um, off contract potentially in November one, if they can't come to terms with the Dragons. And he's the most likely guy to win the Dahlia medal. So they have to nab someone. I think it's really interesting the way that it's played out at the Dolphins because I remember when they were announced, we were on air and they were announced, and then you follow the chain of command. And I, and I said this at the time, they've, they've got their licence and then, what, a week later they had their jumper unveiled. Then they got their sponsor, they got their coach, and then the next thing that they needed to get was their marquee player. Yep. So they ticked every single box that you need to, but they haven't ticked the marquee player box, which then leads to the question of, does that make it, weirdly enough, more attractive for Cameron Munster? He can be the number one guy in that entire region up there. He can, he can grab all of the extra sponsor money, the third-party deals, if you like. Not all of it, but you know what I'm saying. Plus, there's $2.2 million difference in the deal that we understand Melbourne's put to him, that the Dolphins have put to him. He's now, that's a, a lot of money. He's a Queenslander as well, which yeah. you take into consideration. But it's an unknown, right? Like, if you stay at the Storm, and I know that there's a question mark over how long Bellamy will, reta- will remain there as head coach, but they have all the makings of a, a good side, a good structure. It's sort of the devil, you know, sort of stuff. Whereas if he goes up there, like, it's even with him in that side, they're going to struggle initially, aren't they? Boys, all that extra money, third-party deals. I'll give you a clue as to where I'd be going. <laughs> SeaWorld. <laughs> SeaWorld's the major sponsor. That's, uh, that sounds like something out of uh, international waters that's going on there. Oh, exactly. Get me to the Dolphins. <laughs> so you reckon, you reckon the best deal there is at the Dolphins? Yeah. There's a really simple question here, which, Adrian, you can probably explain. Why does he have to take less money at Melbourne? Why do they need to to lower the price that he can get elsewhere? Well, you just look at all the other people that are on the books. So you've got, you know, guys like Pappenhausen and Jerome Hughes. And, so it's a cap management yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a cap management thing. And that's the trade-off. Like you take a bit less in order to play with those good players to mm. stay in a good system. And, you know, they're going to play finals football next year and, and probably into the near future. You can't say that about the Dolphins. and. That, you know, look, it's going to come to a head because it's it's funny. They've already given, um, and that's Melbourne, they've given him a few deadlines which have subsequently lapsed, but they're saying we'd like to have an answer in the next couple of weeks. And I think, you know, we've we've heard that the Tigers, although they've denied it, I understand that they've, you know, thrown their hat into the ring. I think in the next few days and weeks, some other suitors will emerge. November 1, I reckon, can't come quick enough for Munster and Braith and Astor because that's that's the date that he can go to market. No, November 1 is is a punishing timeline for the Melbourne Storm in particular because they know that if they get to November 1 and they haven't signed him up, chances are he's going to go somewhere else. Yep. yep. Think of it from uh, 
Brayton Astor's perspective. Uh, let's say he's... Uh, <laughs> You've had the calculator yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. let's go 5%. Let's be conservative and say he'll get five. five. Yeah. Not doing his job. Okay, let's let's five and let's then we'll five. add the sauce later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I reckon Munster could get 1.5 for four years at the Dolphins. And that's not including... Yeah, that's. I reckon by the time we get to it, the Dolphins will be so desperate they'll get to 1.5. So a Nastar off that deal stands to make 300k himself, not including probably 500k a year worth of third parties, where he makes 20%. So that's another 100k per year off that. Mm. So this whole deal for a Nastar could be worth $700,000. That is payday city. Are you suggesting that he would do anything but put his client first? <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm so just saying on, what I would do. So hang you've given it to Manly, to West Tigers, yeah, and now to now break, break the Nasta. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I'm just basing it off what I would do. Yeah, if you, if you had the six and a half No, but if, if, I was, if I was Cam Munster, right, this is uh, – when you start talking, if, if there's a $2 million gap in between where the storm land and where the, the Dolphins ultimately land, what you have to start doing is looking at all right, what am I providing for my kids, for my kids' kids? He, he's starting to talk generational wealth if if he's looking at that um, mm. Dolphins money. And it, it goes beyond being, you know, some people will say, oh, that's selfish taking the money and going to, to a, the Dolphins. Well, actually, it's quite the opposite. He's probably sacrificing grand finals and uh, big matches for creating a, a different life for his family and his family to come. It's also easier for him to make that decision having enjoyed success and won yeah, grand finals as, as opposed to a player who's 27 years old and hasn't played finals football or, yeah. or done that. And yep. he has a young family, like so that also becomes a consideration. Like, Do you want to uproot your partner and, you, and your young child in a you know, system and city that you're comfortable in? And, yeah. you know, like the other thing too is that there have been distractions that have gotten the better of Cameron Munster. Are they more likely to play a factor elsewhere or in the system where you've got Bellamy and, you know, well, Matt Tripp and Frank Panisi? And, text, and us, text us in 0457736736. What's the nightlife like in Redcliffe? <laughs> I've never been out in Redcliffe. No. Nah, either have I. Any good? Uh, no, I, I, I haven't been out there, but yeah. I mean, it's a massive leagues club. Well, yeah. well if, you're, if you're off the source, it doesn't really matter, does it? True. Is he off the source forever? Indefinitely, I think. Oh, wow. I, I think. I think it's for this season. He hasn't had a drink this year ever since the. But no plans to get back on the source at the end of the season. Well, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> that's a fair, that's a fair commitment if he's off it forever. Good. Yeah, good I can, on him. I can but, but just imagine again. you at the press conference. So, Cameron, what are you going to do next year? Cameron, what about the Melbourne Storm? Cameron, what about the Dolphins? Cameron, are you going to stay off the source or are you back <laughs> yeah. on it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd actually never really looked into that. I, I, I mean, it's a huge commitment. I'm very impressed that he's done it for the full season. If he goes, if he's lifetime sobriety, that is super impressive. Yeah. I mean, he clearly functions better as a person and a player off it, so it wouldn't be a bad decision. And the thing is, though, if you do want to enjoy the nightlife, he can do that in relative anonymity in Melbourne, whereas, you know, that won't oh, be Red happening Cliff. in Queensland yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Courier Mail and everyone watching oh, every single be movement you make. There'll little bar managers searching for him <laughs> left, right and centre. <laughs> that, that was the most annoying part oh, of that Kalen yeah. Ponga video. When the little manager opens and he goes, what have we got here? <laughs> I was like, you little bastard, you're searching for that. I mean, well, that is an illegal act. Like, like apart from, you know, that's the point that's been missed in this whole story and that if they wanted to, if they were able to pinpoint who it was that did that, they would probably have a, 
you know, um, a police report that they could put yeah. in. Well, they'd, know, they'd, know, they'd be able to find out who did it. Yeah. For sure. Who yeah, filmed it? Definitely. Th- they might decide not to go down that path because, you know, if, if it comes what out in court, unravel. you know, there, there's other things yeah. that may come out. But mm. yeah. um, I think that there's one name that you mentioned there that, that is pivotal to what Cameron Munster may or may not do, and I think it's Craig Bellamy. Mm. Because we, we talk about the unknowns at the Dolphins, and the unknowns are how they're going to perform, you know, who eventually does take over from Wayne Bennett, et cetera, et cetera. It'll be Christian Wolf. But I think there's there's still an unknown factor around Craig Bellamy, which he would have to know. He's, he's going to have to know when Bellamy's going to make that move because that adds, a, that adds another part to me to this equation to then bring in your Dolphins to the picture on this one because there are unknowns. As much as it's a great system, a successful system, you never know what's around the corner at any club, do you? Mm. And there might be they might be two or three injuries away from a season from hell and he'd be sitting there going, I've just, I've just put another couple of million on the line to stay here and it's all gone pear-shaped. So I, I, in my view, there are unknowns on both sides. I just think that if we get the signature before November 1, he stays where he is. It depends on what that succession plan looks like too because Craig Bellamy is going to be there for the next few years but potentially not in a head coaching capacity. But if you were to say to him, listen, whenever Craig's had enough, we're going to get Billy Slater in, do you think, well, okay, we've got a plan there. That that sounds pretty palatable. Mm. Fellas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that is that Cameron's uh, ring type ring <laughs> Imagine if Braith and Asta goes into a meeting with Matt Tripp and and, and then that's the ringtone. <laughs> Maggie, you should be a manager. Yeah, I reckon we like need to, to start manager. you as a manager. Good fun. Yeah, just get on in there now. Ben Hunt reports that he was asking for around eight hundred and fifty a season. The Dragons offer Adrian what is it closer to seven hundred thousand? What and how much do you think Ben Hunt's worth? I, I find it interesting that there's so much focus on the number that's being put next to his name in terms of how much he's worth, yet it always comes back to the number next to his name of his age. And that, to me, is a, is a lot of the focus. People kind of go, well, is he worth seven or $800 because he's 32 years of age? Mm. That, that's the big one mm. for me, and I, I, can't, I can't sort of really rectify that in my own head. Don't you pay a player what he's worth at that time? And, I mean, he's playing probably the best of his career. Well, first and foremost, he's still there with him for another year, right? And oh, he's, he's got and another year to go. Yeah, so it's not like this he's... This stuff spins me out. Yeah, so we're, we're talking exactly. about, you know, 2024. 20... Yeah, so, and next year he's on a motto. Like, it's it's like the end of a five-year, $6 million deal. Like, it's one yeah. of the biggest deals in NRL history. And the fact that we're even talking about an extension suggests that, you know, obviously mm. he's, he's playing up to somewhere close to that, that pay packet. But look... They're tabling, I understand, something like 700 first year, 800 second year. They want them to go and sharpen their pencil. They're a couple of hundred thousand apart. So he's going to he's gonna have to take a pay cut. Yeah. And, but he's probably also going to win the Dahlia medal. He's been by far and away their best player. And then we have this whole tension. And this is where I found the meeting with Phil Gould really interesting. So he meets Ben Hunt. And we know that the Bulldogs are also in for Jaden Sullivan, right? So... They want to get one of them out. And it, it sort of feels a little bit like they're trying to leverage, using this as leverage to make them pay a bit more for Ben Hunt. All of a sudden, Jaden Sullivan, who's contracted till the end of 2025, hasn't got a pathway, is blocked and says, guys, I want out. He ends up coming across. And the, the other thing that's at play here is, at the, from the Dragons' side, who's going to be making that decision on who lets him go? One of the key recruitment guys is Shane Flanagan. Now, if Jaden Sullivan or Ben Hunt go to the Dragons, whose spot is going to be taken? 
it's going to be Cole Flanagan's. Yeah. So it's Go just adds another, yeah. it adds yeah, another layer of sort of intrigue to the whole mm. thing. Didn't think about that one. That's that's yeah. That's because he basically does his son out of a job if you if one of those two goes to the Bulldogs. And he manages Kyle, doesn't he? Uh, I think I think sort of advises. Well, I think he, he's his father. He obviously yeah. advises. I think he's got an agent, but yeah. Mm. Come to me, Kyle. From <laughs> Jay Magnuson will be taking six and a half percent of your earnings from now yeah. on. Yeah. Although when, when you when you go and see Maggie, this is this is what you get <laughs> straight away. Where are we going to go, Maggie? Just we're off to SeaWorld, son. <laughs> Look, I did swim for the Australian Dolphins. So that's true. Yes. That's true. So as a as a Bulldogs as a Bulldogs fan, then what do you make out of that discussion? Look, I think for longevity-wise, I'd prefer Sullivan. Um, I think he's a star of the future. But on the Ben Hunt chat and around his age, I, I can't remember Ben Hunt ever having a better season. So yeah. in terms of what's he worth at that age, I, I, I tend to look more at what's he worth the way he's playing. I'm with you. Um, because Cam Smith went till he was – and Paul Gallen went till they're almost 40. Like if Ben Hunt's of that ilk, which he seems to prepare really well and be the ultimate professional – I'd I'd pay him up towards a million bucks. He's only thirty two. Yeah. yeah. So thirty three next year, and then this deal is for twenty twenty four and beyond. So you're yes. saying twenty four and twenty five. Yep. So he'd be thirty five. So, so <coughs> as far as Ben Hunt's concerned, he's happy with the length of the deal. So he's happy with two more years, which is essentially three more at the Dragons. Yep. But it's just the the money side of things. Mm. If they're close. You reckon it leans towards the dragons? I reckon, I reckon he'll end up staying. <coughs> he likes Hook, doesn't so he? So he does, and he, to the point where he actually asked if there is a chance to have a clause tied with Hook's future and the club said, no, we won't be doing that. Ooh. Ooh clauses, which, are, clauses are risky things. Yeah. yeah, we've seen that in the past. So in Des Hasler used to have, like, maybe 10 years ago, quite a few players um, tied to him. Oh, really? Um, and, like, George Mimas used to have... Uh, he's one of those sort, sort of top agents. He used to have clauses with, you know, um, little triggers or, or mm. attached to coaches. But the clubs nowadays, it'd, it'd be almost unheard of for that to happen in the, the modern day. Yeah, absolutely. What about Latrell Mitchell? So <clears throat> anything that Latrell says at the moment generates a lot of noise and a lot of headlines. And then Wayne Bennett, Wayne Bennett's in the middle of that Stirring the stirring the dolphin pot there, so Maggie, you, you'd be loving this. Wayne's, <laughs> Wayne's ringing people and just playing that down the line. What did you make of that whole that whole palaver that came out? It was yeah. some fascinating He's, copy. Which Troy's not going to the Dolphins, so that was again to put a bit of pr- pressure on Cameron Munster to say, "Listen, if you don't sign with us, we've got contingency plans." Uh, and I think yeah. most people saw through that you know, for what it was. So, um, well, he's happy at Redfern. You got to remember too, like earlier in the year, like the the club spent a significant amount of money to send him over to the US to go to the reconditioning specialist, Bill Knowles, basically play the long game with him rather than say, like, yeah, we need you on the field ASAP. So he appreciates that. Um, He's there with a lot of his mates. Um, He's he's an Indigenous leader at Redfern. Um, Things would have to really unravel for him to leave South Sydney, and I don't think it'll happen. I'm really enjoying 2022 Luttrell. I know there'll be haters and naysayers that say, you know, he's too confident or it's too lippy, but uh, guys, just enjoy the ride. Um, it's His interviews are really like engaging. Uh, he's giving us way more personality than we've ever seen before. He's super confident. Um, I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah. And I think that little trip to the US, he it was a chance for him to go and watch some American sports and see how they 
interact during interviews and the sorts of quotes yeah. that they give to the public. And he liked yeah. that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they've got, we've got tall poppy syndrome over here, whereas over there yeah. people like, you know, people saying I'm the man and I'm going to do this and that. And it puts more pressure on him, but he likes that and thrives it. And it also takes a bit of pressure from his teammates. Well, yeah. it gets you out of the bubble, doesn't it? And, 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 you know, the NRL is one of the tightest, biggest bubbles you'll find. And sometimes in the middle of the season, I think that they just get a little bit fatigued throughout the whole thing. So to jump on a plane, go get your body right, get your mind right, and also have a look around and see how the other side's doing it is is really refreshing. And it's absolutely come back in spades, that one. I mean, that's that's paying massive, massive dividends for the Rabbitohs. I'm with you. I can't see him leaving anywhere soon, but, gee, he can generate a headline. Now, Kirk and Andy have both won the double passes out to Combank Stadium tomorrow. Um, Kirk's Dolences. texted through. <laughs> he says, I got the tickets, lads. Can't wait to torture myself. Wow. So, <laughs> Is it, are they Dragons or um, Tigers fans? Both Tigers supporters. Both are yes. West oh, well. Tigers supporters. Yeah. Okay, boys. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Kirk, Andy, so we didn't get a chance to get you on the open line because we had one question for you. Why? Why? <laughs> no, no, no. Enjoy. They, they are real fans, especially Absolutely. after like, yeah. what happened last weekend. Yep. We hope that you have a great time out there. Well, it's a great time. I mean, we've had a lot of fun with it, obviously, but it's an awesome time out at Combank Stadium. Have you been in, inside Allianz yet? Yeah, I have. You've done it's, the, it's fantastic. The yeah, so the... The seats are basically at the same gradient as um, Combank. Yep. So it's just a bigger... It's basically Combank on steroids. It's, it looks absolutely awesome. So they're going to have their open day for the public tomorrow. It'll be the first chance for everyone to have a look at it. And South v Rabbitohs. Best, is it is it best footy ground in the country, as in for, well, well, for the I rectangular? I've stood in the middle of it. I haven't actually been there to hear like the acoustics yep. of when, yeah. like, when it's full and That's the crowd's part. going yeah. and all that but sort Sun, of stuff. Suncorp is... Is yeah, right. Sun, I mean, Com, Combank's awesome, but Suncorp as a watching experience for, for yep. this style of footy, for your left to right yep. style of footy, I think is awesome. Question on the facility. So what I find they do really well down at MCG, they have these bars inside the ground where you can stand at the bar and see the field. It doesn't yeah. really exist in rugby league. Is there anything like that? I, I haven't, I'm not sure. I haven't yeah. seen it at work on game day. But one of my experiences was like just watching a major league baseball game in America and mm. just to like, they've got all these, it's not a cookie cutter approach to a stadium. They've got all these nooks and crannies. Like, like they've got a little brewery here, a microbrewery or different like food yeah. vendors there. And yeah. it's, there's so many vantage mm. points that you don't have in one, in our sort of traditional type grounds. Well, I'd have to be well and truly pissed to sit through a baseball game. So <laughs> <laughs> find me at the microbrewery. You're talking to the wrong blokes here, mate. <laughs> Massive baseball fan. Grew up playing really? the game. Yeah, could not wait to How go. How long does a baseball game go for? Oh, a good couple of hours. Did you watch... I've been watching the Little League. So when oh. the uh, Los Angeles and the Arizona Diamondbacks came out here in Sydney, did you no, experience that? Didn't get to it. No. That's a shame. But you would have loved that as a baseball fan. Because they tarted up the SCG really yeah, well. I remember to make it. It I saw it at a, um, a baseball game during the week. It was a half-empty stadium, and there was a man and a woman in the back corner of the stadium, and there was a lewd act being oh, performed yes. mid-game. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I did see some Similar to that, that. Uh, AFL Mad Monday down in Melbourne during the week. The great Warren Smith and I used to call Pepsi Cup baseball. Wow. Way back. Way back in the mid-90s. So so have you done any Blue Sox action? <clears throat> or? Uh, I, I, did, I threw the first pitch at a... Uh, what do they call it? National final or whatever? Wow. For Blue How'd you Sox. go? Did you made it. You yeah. made it? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the main thing. Well, isn't the, it? I was surprised when I got out there. The mound was a lot higher than I expected, and the step down to throw yeah. was uh, quite steep. And it was pretty far to throw as well. But um, 
Yeah, it was all good. That was probably the biggest story I've ever broken because it had na- international consequences. I broke the fact that that Major League Baseball game was coming to Sydney. Oh. And it happened at the time. It was during their like, playoffs or World Series or whatever they, they call it. So they don't comment on all of that. So there are all these denials coming out of overseas. But oh. I'd gotten the tip off and it came to pass. So Wow. It was, but it's, it's funny that the promoter who did that um, – yeah, a huge logistical exercise, pulled it off, came together, did well, tried to take a rugby league game to Denver and did his ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back after this with more of Crunch Time. Uh, Adrian on the text line says, I'm with you, Missile. Baseball's punishing to watch. You get hours and hours of a whole lot of nothing. Any wonder outside of the US, it's about as popular as curling. It's cricket for Americans, isn't it? Because it's very stats-based for the fans. and Yeah, um, yeah it's like... I reckon we would love it if we were, were brought up with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we um, didn't have cricket. No, that's right. Uh, well, trying to explain cricket to Americans yeah. is is possibly one of the most punishing, hardest things ever. That you can play for five days and there's no winner. They, they the can't get their head around yeah, that, can they? Yeah, they can't get uh, Speaking of the US, so you mentioned it. So um, we thought that Manly were going to play Souths to start off next year's Competition was it was it going to be round one, Adrian, or was it a, it was, well, it was early on? Wasn't a, it? a round zero concept in that they would probably play maybe a week before the rest of the competition, so that they'd have enough time to come back and recover yeah. and and so forth. Oh. So when I saw this, my first question was why. Yeah, and and you mentioned before the rugby league's already been over to America, didn't work. We had state of origin over in America, essentially didn't yeah. work. So I I don't know why. Well, one of the one of the answers is that since that. Denver debacle that I spoke about, there's been an explosion of legalised sports betting, um, whereas before it was all basically, you know, in Vegas. So huge market. The NRO wants to tap into that. Peter Volandis obviously understands the betting landscape better than anyone, and he's very keen to make it happen. And the beauty of South versus Manly was you had Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman that could talk it up and big it up. Um, And I've... I got a quote from Hugh Jackman saying, yeah, it, they'd love it. It'd be great. It'd be fantastic. Mm. And the whole plan is to do this as not as a one-off, but as a long-term play. So this would be an annual event. Now, South has said, we're all happy to do this, but it's just, there's no lead time. Like we're into August. We haven't got any details. We haven't get, even got a salary cap for next year. There are other things that we need to focus on. If it happens in 2024, we're happy to have a look at it. Mm. Um, but now that they've pulled out... Um, and I've spoken to a couple of other Sydney clubs, like the, the Dragons were, were seen as a potential um, replacement for them. They don't have an appetite to do it. Um, I've spoken to other clubs who are saying, like, there's so much going on at the end of the year. We've got a World Cup, so we're going to get our players back a lot later than would otherwise be the case. There's other stuff we need to focus on. There's also, I think it's um, in Auckland, the um, All-Stars game. So, you know, going to America isn't a, a top busy. priority so for a lot of teams. It wasn't going to be a premiership match. No, it would be. It that's, would be. That's what would make this such a, a big event. It would actually be for competition points for the first time. Mm. And there's, and look, there's, there's a bit of a checkered history. Like there was an origin, a fourth origin game um, played in LA. California. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah. So this would also be played in LA. And look. There may be some people at head office who still want to want this to go ahead. There's going to be a commission meeting next week where it'll be discussed. But I think that now that Souths aren't in there, um, I reckon it'll probably be shelved for that a year. origin game was when Sterlo couldn't get through the bounce. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was kind of like they forgot to turn the lights on too at the Coliseum with the stadium. There was only 12,000 people there. It was and, a shocker. Oh, really? And I, I went yeah. to the – I mean, the Denver test was one that I went to, and that was a debacle as well because um, the NRL didn't want it to happen. Um, so there was no promotion from them. 
Um, and then there was probably about 10 or 15,000 people less. There was a crowd of 20 and they probably needed a bit, you know, in the thirties for the promoter to break even and wash oh. his hands. So there were players who were out of pocket who'd oh. gone over there. I don't know if you remember, there was an electrical storm um, that prevented some of the players coming straight back. And yep. I think Marty Tapao and a couple of others got stuck over there. So everything that could go wrong went wrong. But for me, who was there, it was a great experience. The game was awesome. It was at Mile High Stadium. And the oh, hang on, hang on. Can you yes. imagine Matt Burton, Mile High Stadium? Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll say this. Gareth Widdop isn't a great goal kicker or anything by any stretch of the imagination. He was slotting penalty goals from halfway. <laughs> he would kick off. And it sailed about 30 rows into the stands because the air's thinner and the ball yeah, travels yeah. further. And I was just seeing some of these ridiculous bombs and stuff being put on. You're right, Matt Burden oh, there. I'd never come down. Yeah, yep. he'd be bombing from his own 20. <laughs> That'd be crazy to see, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just on that betting thing, I, was, uh, I went to Vegas uh, a number of years ago and uh, bumped into these young blokes in the corridor. So we just got to our hotel staying at the MGM Grand and bumped into these young blokes. And they said, uh, what do you think of Vegas so far? I said, oh, mate, just got here. Well, what, what do you reckon? He goes, this place is unbelievable. He's like, you can bet on anything here, like anything. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you know, who's going to score in the football? And I was like, I'm thinking in my head, like, what? I do that literally every weekend of my <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are I didn't realise that, that gambling wasn't uh, yeah. legal in all states in yeah. America. So when I was over there in March, and they have what's called March Madness. It's when all yeah. of the college basketball stuff happens. So everyone goes to Vegas and makes a weekend of it, and they're betting on everything over there. It was crazy. So they're a little bit backwards in some ways, aren't they? Like, mm. And I, I didn't say it to this guy, but I'm thinking in my pocket here right now, I have every betting <laughs> possibility for every sport in the world. I can bet on, you know... Game game three, set two of the table tennis in yep. Taiwan right now. You don't sounds, have to sounds be, as though you have. I you have. You don't <laughs> yeah. have to go to Vegas to be a degenerate gambler. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I can see an opening for uh, missiles multi. Yeah. Yes. Missiles multi in the US. Because yeah. this is the yeah. thing. It's one thing to take a premiership game over there to try and get it generating betting. But how on earth do you explain it to the Americans to get them betting into it? Because they've got to learn it first. Yeah. Before they know. And you're the man. Yeah, I'm still explaining. So um, I'm, I'm big on the multis and, and, you know, I'm right into my betting. And uh, I've given a few tips to my girlfriend's family down in Melbourne. Yeah. And they've, won a, they've been winning a bit of money. So now every Friday they're hitting me up, what are your multis for the football? <laughs> and I'm having to explain to them, all right, so you go into the app, you go to handicap, minus this, you know, first try, so like all these different little things. So mm. I'm teaching them right now how to gamble on rugby league. Responsibly. 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 Yeah. Can I just say, too, that if 34 of our best players go over to play a game of football over there, how long before we start getting the narrative about Latrell Mitchell is considering an offer to join the <laughs> oh, NFL? Good point. Oh, good point. Can you imagine yeah. that? That yeah. would be happening. Yeah, that's true. I can see, I can see you doing a Shaq-like tour. In reverse. <laughs> how good's that been? How good's that been? I can't believe you got to sit there and pay... Pay to watch. You know, the last time I was out, he was out here. The, the, the very last time that he was 20-odd years ago, I was a young bloke at 10 and I had the job of interviewing him. Yeah. I also had the job of telling him that Princess Diana had died. Oh. He walked into the hotel wow. and as as he walked into our hotel room where we were set up, yeah. the wow. news came through on CNN on the TV in front of me. Did, she know, did he know who she was? Yes. How did okay. he take the news? You know, what, you know what he said? The first thing he said was effing paparazzi. Wow. First thing he said to me. Yeah. 
and that was terrifying because he's 10 foot tall and we're waiting for him. <laughs> waiting for him to... That was the last time he was out here. He did a, he did a, uh, an appearance at the new Meyer sports store down there in Melbourne early on in the morning. Oh, that's cool. And when that, that was when the news broke that there'd been a car crash. Yeah. And then later on that, that afternoon, we had the exclusive interview with him and we were all set up, ready to rumble. We're getting... You know, they've been here, they've been to a school, he's not in a good mood. They've been to Macca's, he's in a good mood. These are all the wow. wanker minders around him. But then ah. as he walked, as he literally walked into the uh, room, I was sitting on the edge of the bed, glued to the TV, and up it popped. Wow. And that was the first thing that I said to him, and the first thing he said to me was effing paparazzi. Right. Hi, my, my mate's Matt, Princess Diana just died. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. It was extraordinary. Absolutely. So but I see... saying this time he's out here, people are paying to go and see him They're paying to go and see him. So there's a, yep. there's a pay-per-view show. Uh, yeah, that he's yeah. doing, and there was also a whole stack of people lined up to go see him that mm. had paid tickets and couldn't get in as well. So, is he the biggest human you've ever seen? Yep. Because yep. for us, it's probably Nelson Asofa Solomona. Like, I've, yep. like yeah. he's just <laughs> a wall of flesh. But but, but like, he, Shaq he was, would be probably ne- he would be next level. Well, at that stage, he was nowhere near as big as what he is now. Yeah. And and he was. But the the thing was that he was the biggest outside of Michael Jordan at the time. He was the biggest. The biggest star Star, in in the NBA. He was absolutely massive, but he knew his responsibility. That Mm. was the weird thing to me. He was this kid who who knew that other kids were looking up to him and he had a job to fulfill. He's now a massive unit. That's your job. That's Missile does the USA. Yeah. Points bet. We're going to make money for you. Back after this. It certainly is. Matt White, James uh, Magnuson and Adrian Presenko with you. Uh, Mark Spud Carroll and Anthony Seabold will be joining me soon for the call of the Raiders v Seagull. So let's rip through some of these and get uh, your thoughts on what's uh, going to happen this afternoon and tomorrow. Canberra v Manly, the Savo, uh, three o'clock kickoff. Canberra, too much to play for. Manly just want, they want it all to end. Canberra. Canberra there. Uh, I tend to agree with all of you. Uh, a little bit later on, you're going to head to this one. Sharks v Bulldogs at Points yeah. Bet Stadium. Yeah, Sharks will put on plenty. I think the Bulldogs have checked out. Uh, we saw that last week. Sharks potentially a top two finish. They'll put plenty on them. Yeah, a tough one for me. Um, I'm going to go... Uh, Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, sharks, not dolphins. You are the sound, <laughs> sound effect. Pull his finger. King. Uh, we're doing this thanks to Dometic. Go on your next adventure, Dometic.com. Then we've got the Rabbitohs and Cowboys uh, at Core Stadium tonight. Huge. Awesome game. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is the one that I probably struggled with from a tipping perspective. I've gone Rabbitohs, but not with any confidence. Yeah, I struggled this with this one from a betting perspective. <laughs> uh, but I've taken the Rabbitohs based on the fact that you'd hate to be going into that last round against the Roosters yeah. at the new stadium needing to win. So I think they've got to go big here. Andy and Kirk are going to be at Combank Stadium tomorrow, courtesy of us with their double passes to the West Tigers v Dragons. Anyone? Anyone? Well, wow, you've got to go Dragons. It's hard to tip the Tigers <laughs> at the moment. You can't, you, can't just, tip, you can't tip the Tigers. He's just shaking his head. And then the Titans versus the Knights to finish it off. I've gone yeah. upset. I've gone Knights. Yeah, I could see Knights winning this. I, I can't tip Titans this year, so I'll go Knights with you. All right, Knights it is. We'll do more after this. Follow Crunch Time on Dabble. Go on, have a Dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, it's good to be back. The uh, Crunch Time NRL team have been on fire. And I believe, Scotty Sattler, you've had a couple of winners. I'm back in the winner's circle, Josh, last week. Um, as I said, I, I was always going a little, little bit too much with the multis, one mm. too many. So I dropped one off, went back to basics. 
Uh, had a good win last week. Got a few copies as well, which is great. Oh, great. And throughout the week as well, got a couple of uh, tips on the Greyhounds at Wentworth Park. Went on to dabble, put the Quinella on. Got a win. I think I paid about $4.80. Eh? Got a couple of copies on that as well. So it's uh, back in the winner's circle and, uh, and looking to, to grow on that this weekend. I tell you, I can hear a pep in your step, that's for sure. You stand up and about, which is which is, which is great to hear. Uh, the uh, crunch time NRL team done pretty well. Last Saturday, they got their head-to-head multi as well. The Sunday scorers got up. Uh, Mick on the head-to-head by one point last week, and last night we had two multis for the crunch time NRL team, uh, missing both by one leg. So they've still, you know, they're still in pretty good form, uh, and hopefully they'll be going well into this week as well, Sassy. Yeah, you know what's really hard, um, especially after last week's score lines, um, what's really difficult to try and gauge for mm. the last two rounds is is the, the total points scored, in, especially yeah. in the NRL. There's a lot of points being scored. We saw again last night the, the Panthers uh, put a really good score on the, the Warriors. And then on Thursday, of course, the Broncos beaten heavily by Parramatta. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's really hard to gauge the uh, total points, points scored. But uh, I'm always looking for... Extra people to follow as well. Who's some of the uh, the dabblers I should be looking out for, Joshy? Yeah, well, free NRL tips is the name on Dabble. So if you search them in the bar, you'll find them. They hit an eight-league, $105 multi. 160 dabblers copied that bet. So it was a big, big payout from the Dabble Sports account. Uh, Sports Journal as well, they hit a $9 same-game multi. That had 150 copies. So that's the great thing about Dabble as we always talk about that is that you can follow the experts. Of course, you can put on your own best as well, have a chat in the banter channels, but I, I like to copy people and just do uh, let all them do all the hard work, and I hit that copy bet button. But let's have a look at the Crunch Time NRL team. The Raiders to win by over six and a half. Canola Sharks to win by over six and a half. And the Cowboys to get it done as well. What do you like about that? I don't like the Cowboys up against the Bunnies one. Um, because yeah, right. the Cows, even though they're going really well, they haven't had a great record in Sydney. Uh, mm-hmm. And with Tommy Dearden out, of course, um, he's out with a pretty serious injury, a ruptured testicle, um, which sounds painful just to say. Oh, um, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, so it's, it's going to be a difficult one for the Cowboys. But, you know, they've, got, they've got a really good unit. They've got a really good team. and mm. um, yeah, It's going to be interesting to see how they play without Tommy Dearden. But the South Sydney team, they, yeah, they dropped the, uh, the game last week against the Panthers. They need to send a real message this weekend. Yeah, and uh, of course, we can check out your account. You'll uh, That's 13. You'll see the few winners that you've got all up there already. And this week, is it similar? Yeah, it is. So I've gone three-leg multi. There's a, uh, the Canberra Raiders, I think, to win from 1 to 12. Um, and I've got the uh, the Cronulla Sharks uh, as well, um, getting up head-to-head. And also the Gold Coast Titans beating the Knights on, on Sunday. Love that, love that indeed. So, of course, if you download the Dabble app, follow Stats 13, follow the Crunch Time NRL team, and you can copy those bets with one click. Go on, have a Dabble, Dabble socially and gamble responsibly. Until next time, Seth. Enjoying Crunch Time banter? Check out Dabble banter channels and copy Crunch Time bets. Go on, have a Dabble, gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We're at the end, fellas. Adrian, you've got work to do. Yeah, I do. Off to Shark Park. And just a shout-out to uh, my better half. She's got her netball grand final. St Andrews 9s against Dundas Central Ooh. 2 Ooh, in the game. C7 decider. It's uh, I don't know if netball is going to be the winner, but what hopefully time? my missus is <laughs> 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. There you go. Go get him. It's almost game time. Maggie? Yep. 
you can find a you can find a market for that game. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's the fourth leg of his multi. Good on you, fellas. Enjoy the rest of your day. We've got footy coming up. The Canberra Raiders against the Seagulls from Canberra, and don't forget AFLW for New South Wales listeners from five o'clock. The Swans in their first ever game versus St Kilda from North Sydney Oval. Stay with us. NRLs heading your way after this. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.